0: But that that explains it. By the way, over the next few days, it's going to warm up again. The big hurricane in the Atlantic is turning away from the U.S., but it's still having some impact on the East Coast. And so the weather is still a big story. And as a matter of fact, that's part of the reason why people are fleeing to the United States. It's not just economic. It's not just the government that they feel is oppressive. It's not just a better life for the kids or for themselves or for their wife or whatever. It's because weather, global warming, lots of things all at the same time are pushing people away from where they live. Now I want you to hear what I'm about to say. Please be patient with me on this one sentence. It's not just the United States. Circumstances are forcing vast numbers of people to leave where they live. Natural disasters, earthquakes, hurricanes. Drought, terrible political oppression, wars, all sorts of things. They have to leave where they live. And where do you think they see as the bright, shining hill somewhere else in the world that they could possibly be if they could only get there? It's the United States of America. That's what we've built. What do you think about that? From that standpoint, what do you think about people trying to get here? 713-526-573. Nick Willies, I want to say good morning to you, my friend. Thanks for giving us a call this morning. Your show this morning dealt in part with the same thing we're talking about. And I, I want to have your thoughts out of your soul, just out of your heart. What do you think about immigration? Well, you are, you are an immigrant, my friend. Thank God you've, you've yeah. added, like so many people do. You've brought some magic to this country. We need every good person we can get. What's up, buddy?
1: Well, hey, good morning. How you doing, my dear brother? Um, I am, I, I am, you know, I'm all in for immigration, I am really sorry to have heard what I heard the Mayor say what he did is he gave the impression like immigration is a nuisance. It's a big problem right now, but I think that he needed to be more uh what what should i say more circumspect in the way he spoke about it because he went ahead and used a few uh talking points from the right, if you will and right. and that really that really. Sort of upset me.
0: Yeah, it upset me too. I think most people were kind of astounded. Really, you had to be. I was when I heard that to see the mayor of New York saying in a huge public forum immigration is going to destroy New York. Interesting thought. All right, now the challenge, the opportunity, of course, is for you to give us a call. Morning
2: in progress.
0: Where does immigration make a difference? You're on the air, my friend. George, go ahead, buddy.
2: Well, what I was trying to say is immigration is a gift. And I think we've been singing that song for quite a while. God bless America. I mean, it's a solution for social security. Can you hear us, Higberto? And there's only one power I can think of that can make that happen. And it's been our story for... What, 250 years?
0: Now, I'm guessing what you're saying is that the influx of new labor, new laborers, younger laborers, things like that, will help save Social Security. Is that basically where you're coming from and saying that?
2: What I'm saying is people deserve a right to have a have a life. Yes. And provide for this building. I don't regret anybody, wherever they're from. Yeah. I mean, why, why we, do we ignore... The other nine
0: eleven, Philly. That's fifty well, years ago today, and that's exactly what Amy was talking about a few minutes ago on her show. Of course, on well, now, you know that was us—the death of Salvador Allende. Yes, a lot but, of destruction.
2: Anyways, that's all. I
0: to say. That's it, my okay. friend. And by the way, twenty years of terrible oppression and torture and all sorts of things in Chile. Thanks, George. Thanks for giving us a call, my friend. And good morning. You're on. You're on the air this morning. What's on your mind about immigration? You're on You Talk. And you are on. Oh. There you go. Hi, Annie. Can you hear me? I sure oh, okay. did.
3: I apologize. Thank you. Thank you so
4: much for this um, important topic. I'll just say, just plain, just to make it plain, everyone who basically has set up any kind of policy or any position to make executive decisions, their parents were immigrants coming here, and so. You know, I mean, there were indigenous people on the land before they ever got here. So it's kind of like a bait and switch. And so for the mayor of New York, where I'm from, to say what he said and to align his uh, vocabulary, to part his lips in this way is, is is a serious insult. But it's not. It's the mindset. It's not just him. He's the distraction. It's the overall position of the way that that the subject matter and the people most importantly, have been handled, you know, um, in every fiber of this country, there were folks who lent to the, the economic stability of this country and to this region. So to make this an issue and a problem is is um, it just really speaks to the mindset of the people who are running you know who who we've entrusted to make decisions. And um, it's it's a travesty that it's happening this way. But things have to fall apart before, uh, you know, the actual the the congeal the the honest one the, the 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 congealing of in whatever facet whether it's economic whether it's social all of those uh, those elements have to come together. But things have to fall apart so that we can see what we need to what we need to adjust
0: and on a gut level on a gut level, just forgetting all the logic. You just said a lot of very logical and powerful things, but on a gut level, do you think immigration is our future and we need to welcome it? Do you think immigration needs to be kind of measured and titrated? People need to to kind of handle it in some way so that it doesn't threaten. uh, I mean, there is ultimately one guess is some, some limit to how many people the U S can handle. We ain't there yet. Do you think it's the future do you think it's good does it instill any fear it in is, you
2: it's 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 been
4: good this is the thing you know it's been good i mean it's, it's 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 an organic way of life people migrate all over the world this is no different you know and we're we're you know we're in the position to do great things but instead we're turning back the we're turning back the clock so you know, of course immigration is awesome. Of course people coming into this country and lending to the economy. We have enough. It's not like, you know, the universe is, 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 is unlimited. We have unlimited opportunities. You know, we don't just to continue to cut down trees. There, are, there are remedies for that. You know, we don't have to continue to build highways to destroy, um, neighborhoods. There's a remedy for this. We don't have to do these things, but we're doing it, and they're a group of individuals, unfortunately, that don't see it the way that we see it. You know, and, and we're the majority, not the minority, and, and where we've 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 given our uh, liberties over to people who don't really care for them, and so you know everybody deserves a chance and an opportunity. So, on a gut from from a gut level perspective, you know, of course, it is advantageous. And an opportunity for us to do better things and great things.
0: Thank you, Anne. Thanks for getting your voice into it this morning. Last night, as I was preparing today's show, Amanda Johnston and I were talking. And she suddenly, in the middle of looking through some things on the Internet, she just looked up and she said, why why is our governor doing this? And I kind of looked over, kind of interested, and said, what do you mean? She said, look, he he just had... A, a court, a federal court, say this is not a legal program. It 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 is against the laws of the United States. It's against all our international treaties. It's, it's incredibly cruel. You got this thing hanging in the middle of the Rio Grande with razor wire, people talking like it's a giant triumph for us that people have to go a mile in either direction basically to find some way across the Rio Grande. And, and of course, they're still going to be met, as always, by people there, National Guard, excuse me, National Guardsmen from the state of Texas, uh, Department of Public Safety, people from immigration, nationalization, all these people are going to be meeting them anyway and trying to grab them. And some of them may have to go back immediately. Some may have a chance to file for a What is that thing really doing in the middle? And here's the point. If the court said it's illegal and it's cruel and at least it has to be moved. Why didn't he just say, well, you know, well, we've made our point. Everybody got it. We made our point. You're right. We're going to pull this thing back and pull it out. We've made our point. Instead, of course, he challenged it. He challenged it. And it has now gone to an appeals court who said, okay, we're going to stay this. We're going to stay this court order saying it's got to end. The barrier's got to go. Uh, we're going to at least stay that court order for a little while until we get a chance as an appeals court to take a look at it. And then I think it's going to wind up the U.S. Supreme Court. Egberto, I hear your voice in the background, my friend. Go ahead.
1: Yeah, um, there is. I mean, what? what what he is doing, the governor, he is thinking, it, it, it's sad because it is saying that he believes the people who follows him have a certain degree of evil, a certain degree of, I'm not saying they are, but I'm saying that he is implying by doing this, that there is a certain amount of savagery that he sees in the people who follows him and that he needs to do that so that he can show how savage he can be. And that is what's so sad about what he's doing. His people aren't really like that, but there, there is this stuff where you train people a certain way, Train, you know, you take away their sensibilities, you take away uh, the, the people's humanity. What they're doing is assuming or assuming that the, their followers think so little of the others, think so inhumane about
0: the others. Other people, that's, that's right, yeah. Desperate people in most cases. These are not people coming across the border to be drug runners. Oh, great. Let's take some fentanyl in the United States. Let's kill some people. That's not what people are coming across for. They're desperately trying to get away from something to a place that was always held up in their mind, partly because we wanted it to be held up in their mind as a place of possibility, of possibility, of difference. Democracy, finally incarnate, a just country. And we're inviting them for all these years, and finally they've tried to get here. Now, that doesn't mean I, I'm, I'm not taking a position. Remember, I'm your radical moderate here. I'm not taking a position. <laughs> there does not have to be some oversight of immigration. Of course, there does. But does it have to be a barrier of razor wire in the middle of the Rio Grande? Just a thought. Is that where we want to go with ourselves? And, and here was, I think, Amanda's question last night. What you just said a second ago why is he being Cruel and evil in the way he's doing this. That thinks in the middle of the Rio Grande is evil and cruel. It's not. He believes. I know that scares the hell of me that that's out of the governor of the state of Texas yeah. is being that way. And it ought to scare everybody a little bit. Well, we got an election coming up. We'll see what it goes with. Let's go to Barry. Barry, good morning. You're on Utah. You what would you like to say about immigration this
5: morning? Good morning. Look who's here. First of all, for nine eleven, yes, Those brave heroes lost their lives. Three thousand people. Thank you, Barry when they were not on that, but 350 firemen, those brave heroes were rushing into a collapsing building.
0: Yes. Oh, you know, yes. And I think
5: the song you. by by Daniel Zuzoli captures this, Have You Forgotten When Those towers Fell, that we had neighbors still inside who were going through a living hell. Thank no? you, Barry. That not needed sense. to be pointed out, buddy. Thank you. Yeah, we need more All right, Now, are sure. you making the clear and clean distinction between the, em- the ones who stand in line for years, pay their money, and get there legally? And the ones that are coming across the border break into the country illegally? Yes, of course there's a difference. No, you're making you, the clear. All you said was, how do you think, what you said about immigration? Well, I, now let's make something, you, this is a very good point, Barry. Got me.
0: Uh, you're completely right. Those are two different questions. I, I, of course I'm in favor of legal immigration, and I'm not, mm-hmm. not in favor of illegal immigration. The problem Mm -hmm. is, where do the limits of humanity and future for this country, where do they cross? I'm not sure that, well, over the, last Thursday, a watchdog group, a U.S. government watchdog group, issued an order, uh, actually a, a finding, that the Trump border wall harmed the environment, it harmed indigenous sites, it harmed wildlife, it did a lot of damage, and it didn't make a big difference in the number of people coming across. I'm not so sure about maybe. that last thing, by the way. Well, well okay. maybe because it wasn't completely built either. Well, well, yes and no. Look, the Department of Homeland Security, U.S. Customs and Border Protection, the Department of Defense installed about, according to this report, 458 miles of border mm-hmm. barrier protect panels across. By the way, I, I, I object sometimes to people, politicians who say the wall wasn't built. Well, you know, yeah. The, the point is actually, by and large, Trump managed to get some things done regarding that wall, whether it's good or bad. 458 okay. miles of border barrier panels across the Southwest border from January 2017 through January 2021. Uh, most, 81% of those miles replaced existing barriers, upgraded them, made some differences. The agencies, I'm reading the report, the agencies installed over 62% of barrier miles on federal lands, including on those managed by the Department of the Interior. Uh, Also, it was on federally recognized tribal land, uh, some Individual private stakeholders, including people who objected strongly, the guy who may remember that his his protected uh, uh, site that he had along the border for nature and things like that was essentially destroyed mm-hmm. by all this. The the the, okay. the little animals could be all these Yeah, but but look, here's the oh, question: God. It did have some impact, and okay. of course, the the huge surge of immigration that was expected when Title Forty Two expired, it it didn't happen. So some, things, some things are under control, but go, go ahead, Barry. You're, you're going someplace. I'm,
5: I'm all broken up. I'm all broken up behind these uh, romantic naturalists who want to preserve the, uh, the cactus plants. I think that no, they're, they're worried more about,
0: about animals trying to cross. I got, got, to, <laughs> well, got to move somewhere because the environment is changing. And if they don't move north, they die out. But
5: keep going. Okay. The, the real danger here is that we don't know who these people are. We don't know who, where they're coming from. Some of them are, could be members of the drug cartel. You got traffickers coming in. Yep. You got sex, uh, teenage sex exploiters. Yep. And you got got people with criminal records. Now, with there was no way to vet who's coming in, we don't know who's who. Yet, bleeding heart liberals say, "No, let's have open borders." No, we cannot have open borders. We cannot have a situation where you don't know who's coming to your country. Now, the mayor of New York is correct. This will destroy New York City. But another million of these unwashed, uncivilized third world. The generous will destroy America. Now, Barry, let me and ask you a question. not don't, don't want
0: that. <laughs> let me ask you a question. Uh, mm-hmm. What you're saying, there are plenty of people who agree with you, and that is a position, and this is a, a reasonable position for people that, that believe the unlimited flow of immigrants into the country is a bad thing. But I'm going to ask you a question. Mm-hmm. Do you really believe that most Democrats, or for that matter, most people who you might call people on the left, believe in an open border. I don't think I hear that. There are a very it's few not. people who say wide open border, everybody should come in. You don't really hear that. What they're saying is okay, the way is we're
5: doing oh, it okay. is not the way to do it. There's oh, a difference. All right, fine. Again, let's like, ask the question then. Okay. That's the same person. Do you believe there should be an end to illegal immigration? If the answer to that question is not yes, then the court what else do you believe in then? You must well, believe in well, open borders.
0: Saying that we have we're not going to we're not going to have any illegal immigration is not the same thing as saying whoop let's have wide open borders. What they're saying is okay. how do we handle this? Do we discourage illegal immigration? How do we handle yes. it so that people are funneled into a more legal path? And are there okay. some people who are entitled to asylum okay. and coming to this country? So okay. those are different questions, and there I, well, think, I think you've got to agree there's some gradations along there.
5: But the last thing I want to say is that I just certain court is going to support Governor Babbitt's um, uh, buoys in the water. Yep. I think we replace those buoys and put up an electrified fence. anybody near that fence will receive instantaneous due process. Oh, okay. Mr.
0: Biden I mean, this put up his, his wall. Okay, hold on a second. Barry, got it. So wait, well, let me ask you a question. I just want to make sure we're clear. We're not talking about an electric fence that simply shocks them. You're talking about an electric fence that would immediately the execute them. New process, to... yes. Okay, Barry, I think there's a little <laughs> irony going on there. All right, my friend. I know that's not where your heart is, but point made. Okay, let's go to Rick. Rick, good morning. You're on Talk. What do you want to add to this discussion this morning about immigration? You're on here.
2: Well, i am telling you. Yeah, thank you. Uh, you know, I, I often wonder because I'm i uh, I'm a Texan, uh, a fifth generation Texan of Mexican descent. In other words, our our my relatives, my ancestors were here when Texas was part of Spain. Yes. All right, and it, it bothers me when I hear a gentleman like the previous man said that the third world degenerates. Okay.
0: Yeah, I thought that was a little off. But...
2: <laughs> I I I would say that. <laughs> Go ahead. First of all, you know that they would ruin the that he said they would ruin the country. Well, we have a, a drug problem because it's internal, because we have a lot of drug users. So I would say that a lot of Americans are destroying this country because of the drug use. You're providing a business for those drug cartels, okay? If we don't have drugs, we don't have that problem, then the drug cartels are going to lose money. Why do you think they're turning towards uh, smuggling people, okay? That's another form of income, all right? And it and it's twist my brain when they say well these Mexicans are coming across the border you ever look at the the people that are crossing the border they're mixed race they're black they're Asians they're latinos from yes. Central America from Brazil yeah. they're not all Mexicans okay and the majority of people that that I worked with from Mexico they either they love their country and they're just here for a bit legally or you know they're they're, they're trying to make a make a living and send that money back to their relatives so they can retire
0: comfortably, all right? And there are a lot of business people, by the way, Rick, who would say, we need these people desperately. we got a lot of jobs we can't fill, and we also need yeah. people to keep feeding some money into Social Security. But yeah. keep going, Rick. Yeah,
2: the census proved that. The census put a, put a scare out to the immigrants, and the crops are rotting in Florida, yeah. and the housing industry is, is on a halt.
0: Because yes, they these, are the refusing. Immigrants. You're right. They're The people who normally come into the country legally, or at least as part of set of programs to, to harvest those crops, are saying en masse, as a protest to Florida's laws, we're not going to come. We're just simply not right. going to come. Exactly. We'll see how that works out and those, for Governor DeSantis.
2: And those people work for less than minimum wage without yeah. benefits. Okay? Who's going to put the, the food on the on the table for this country? All right. There's a lot of Americans that won't do that kind of work, now, Rick, and especially around here in Texas. You drive around and you look at the housing industry and you look at the road construction industry. I swear to God, eighty percent are Hispanics. Okay, people, and and you you talk to them, you look at them. I I I recognize the music. I listen to them. All right, and and when I go in in an area that's homes being built, I know the music. It's music from Mexico. It's people that are happy working. OK. Yep. Busting their tails. And and they're not from here. OK. And and
0: you. I but a home they will down. be. And their children and their grandchildren and their yeah. great grandchildren will be from here. Yeah. Yeah.
2: yeah. Right, and the people coming across the border that are coming with children. Are they are they criminals? No, they're escaping <laughs> a political prosecution, just like the pilgrims when they left England and, and, and the Netherlands.
0: Are they escaping, okay for- are they escaping yes. unlivable yes. circumstances caused by exactly. climate change or whatever? Yep, yep. Exactly. There are reasons for it. They're not just on a exactly. joy trip, just for the heck of it. Hey, let's go see how yes. things are in the U.S. Rick, thanks for giving us a call, yes. my friend. All right, you're now, welcome. Let's, for just a second, we're going to stop and remind people what this is all about. This is you Talk, of course, on KPFT 713 526 And when you make that call, you'll get a little recording and hit a two. Just hit a two with your keys. And we'll put you through and we'll get you on the air because it's a morning where we want to hear about your thoughts. Egberto, I invited you this morning, as I so often do, to please come join us on this. You're listening to all all these voices. What are you hearing? Big difference between Barry and the gentleman we just heard a second ago.
1: First of all, thank you so kindly for inviting me on this issue. since I am one of those third world degenerates in this country right now. So I, I thank you for having a third world degenerate on your show. Uh, the, the truth of the matter is, um, I am uh, I am really uh, I I feel uh, a little bit of shame that an Amer any American would call somebody from where I'm at where I'm from a third world degenerate because we're not. And I what I love from the context that the previous caller just stated is he said. The, uh, that the people that are bringing drugs into this country, they're nothing more than great capitalists, because what they're doing is they're providing a need that America says it has, which is for drugs. And if we want to get rid of the drug problem, we don't try to do it at the border. We do it at our social, our social fabric in this country. If we want to get rid of a lot of the ills of this country, don't blame uh illegal illegal stuff coming over on the people here, I mean on the people there. The yep. problem is here, and uh don't look at the purity of well, they need to come here the right way when we as a country effected genocide when we came here, so the savages neither sides are savages as the the second to previous caller would have you believe. Uh, There are no less or more criminals than, uh, than, than, than we were here. The truth of the matter is humans are humans are humans, and they're all most trying to make life better for themselves. And people do it by whatever means are necessary. The pilgrims did it. The folks who effected genocide did it. The people who effected slavery did it. And the people who are undocumented coming over here are doing it. that is why I am not about open borders, but I am saying whoever had the had the ability to get here and stay here, hey, tenga buen dia, have fun I am with you
0: Now, I do have a question for you, my friend. I think there are maybe two classes of people who oppose immigration, or at least want to put much much tighter limits on it. One of them is just factually looking at what the US can handle, you know, but an orderly that all the things that have to happen so they can be handled in an orderly way. But some people are just scared Igberto. They're afraid of changes they see around us around them. They're scared of a future they don't dominate anymore. I'm one of those people by the way. I'm I'm an old white guy. Ha. So, by the way, my my forebears I happened to move to Texas in 1797. Been here for a long time. A couple of dumb people from Tennessee who came down just to, hey, we hear some great things about that place. They played some role in the things that happened in this country. But I've been around in this country. I'm talking about Texas. We went through a lot here. And one of them happens to be our current governor. Egberto, I'm part of the game, my friend. So thank you for pointing out that. Let's go to Will for a second. Will, good morning. You're on topic, you say this morning. So what you got on your mind?
3: Hey, good morning um i think that um you know there's a, a sort of a regular debate that happens where both both sides will argue about whether or not it's a good thing that we have people coming here and i mean on the whole i think it is a good thing um you know but there's certainly um you know some some arguments that the other side makes that you know that there's some uh, definitely really um serious challenges involved with with bringing so many people here um I think that what is often missed in this discussion is why these people are having to leave their homes. And the fact is that, you know, what's called foreign policy in our country, uh, and I think really that, that minimizes just how important it is, um, has a huge role in, in the reason why so many people's um, home countries are not safe places to live and <clears throat> they're, they're extremely desperate. I think that um, when you burn someone's house down, uh, you know, the very least you can do is to allow them to stay in your house. And frankly, the bigger, more important issue is that we stop burning people's houses down and we stop treating other countries.
0: Um, well, one thing so when I hear you it. say that, I got to interrupt for a second. One thing when I hear you say that is I, I follow foreign policy. I'm not fully in favor of everything we do. But the truth is, we don't go into these countries and change. There are very selfish, in many cases, evil people. Who sees power in those countries. And it isn't always because of the U.S., but it certainly means people have got to move. That country becomes unlivable. By the way, notice that Nikki Haley's response to the question of cartels and fentanyl and all those kinds of things is we should send U.S. special forces across the border, American forces into Mexico and destroy these cartels. Yeah. I mean, let's forget whether or not we may wind up in a really big object, really big objection to that from the government of Mexico. I, we don't we don't get away with that one. Nikki, probably not such a great idea. But the point is that appeals to a lot of people. Getting something. The problem is that that statistics show that an increasing percentage of fentanyl is actually made by people at laboratories here in the United States. It's an incredibly easy thing to make. It really is. And it's incredibly cheap to make. The ingredients are generally available. Does China in some ways uh, contribute to that? Yeah, but I don't think the government of China says, whoa, let's make fentanyl. Let's kill a lot of Americans. There are people in China who are doing it. And probably the government of China needs to crack down on that more. There are a lot of things here. But, but Will, that plays in a lot of ways. I mean, the foreign policy of the U.S. plays into this a whole bunch of directions. Why do you say we caused the problems in Central America and around oh, the world that said people to us.
3: I think you have a, a very long history of US imperialism completely wrecking these countries. I mean, you have the United Fruit Company basically um, destroying the land reform movement. Um, it's not subtle, it's, we, we team up with basically traders in these countries that will do whatever American companies want um, for their own profit, for their own people. And that's these are the people that we basically um maneuver into power. Um we don't just do it in in, in Central America and Latin America, but that's the place where we have the the strongest hand because they're basically right in our backyard. It goes back to the Monroe Doctrine where where we have this idea that this is our backyard and, and what we say goes here.
0: Well, are all um, of these things that happen in those <laughs> countries are all of these things due to the United States? There are no Bad actors in those countries, as there appear to be in every country around the world, bad actors, including here in the United States, who'd like to seize power and hang on to it regardless. That's all because yeah, of the US?
3: they obviously not the United States. That's is not the all only because of the US. That, okay. I, I would say it's a huge, huge part of the dynamic in these countries. I mean, certain countries may not even exist if not for American influence. Um, so it's kind of strange to, to, to try to minimize that at all. I mean, it, it's a math. you talk about Mexico and how the country has. Okay, now, this by so way, in fairness.
0: I mean, this is not a about- conversation on topic about immigration anymore. It is a conversation about the causes and the problems that the U.S. policy causes around the world. That's that's a conversation I'm very willing to get into on another day. And I'd love to have you on. I'm, I'm going to repeat that uh, that offer we've made a couple of times. Get your rear end down in here and sit down and chair beside me, or you want to do it by phone, and I'll, I'll co-host a part of the show with you. I think you've got plenty of issues that need to be addressed. This is probably not the time on this one, so we're going to continue that. Shannon, we're going to come to you in a couple of seconds. I want to remind everybody that this is You Talk on KPFT. We're talking to the people who listen to KPFT. Really unique place, 90.1, Houston, Texas. People listen to us around the world, and they listen to this show, and your voices are the best we can bring them. Seven one three five two six five seven three eight. 526 5738 When you hear a little recording, you hit a two. That's going to put you through to our switchboard. We get you on the air. Shannon, good morning. What's your good thoughts morning. on immigration this morning? What's up? What's on your mind?
6: Uh, I wanted to talk about like going like other countries. Like I wanted to, my, I wanted to immigrate to Australia like 10 years ago. Or maybe, why was it 20? Um, they have a policy where you, it's a point system. So there's a list of, needs in the uh, workforce that you know that they they need they need help so you get points for that like let's say they they need more nurses they need carpenters yada 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 so you'll get 10 points for that if you can speak english you get 10 points for that if your spouse can speak english you get 10 points for that if you have a college degree if you have five years training it's like a whole system you get all these points and if you make like it's like a hundred points or 110 points or something, then you qualify to, to immigrate legally. And so if we, ha- if we had a system, like I don't understand why we don't have something like that here. It's like, if we need like my neighbor, he does stucco. He's like when that big caravan they were all talking about coming, he's like, oh, please let the caravan come. Cause I can't find people that want to work and get up at 5am and come home at 7pm or 8pm and work hard all day, you know? And it's like, if we had a system where you posted up this stuff, you know, we need nurses. We need, you know, uh, uh, well, there's tons of jobs that we need help with. Yep. Um, but give these people priority or allow them to join the military. Like do 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 have incentives and make it easier because right now you it, it's so difficult to come and immigrate here. I mean, you have to have like, well, like $50,000 in the bank. Like, you want to start a business? It's like that in Australia, too. If you want to go there, you have 50000 or or $100,000 in the bank you can get in, and you pay a lawyer $5,000 so that wealthy people can come in because they're not going to be, you know, using the system as much, whatever, you know, on paper.
0: Shannon, so, by the way, you're, you're to a lot of people, your voice is going to remind listeners of common-sense voices, From the past, because most of the things you're saying right now are things that would that guided U.S. immigration policy in the past. Now, one of the things that's changed, of course, is we have a lot of people fleeing totally unlivable conditions. In many cases, they've said, well, screw the border policies in the U.S. We're gonna get across there somehow. We're going to get to the U.S. Because one of these days, that border is going to be closed in some way. At some point, there's gonna be some kind of a political action, something's gonna happen that that the semi openness that's there now is going to be released is going to be replaced by something. It may be some high wall. It may be much more violent things than just buoys floating in the middle of the Rio Grande and razor wire and so on. These things are always possible because of politics and because of fear and because of, I don't know, at some point, maybe the U S does begin to reach a limit in population. Hey, I was in, I was in Colorado, uh, a few days ago, spent several days up there in the high Rockies trying to relax for a day. And, of course, one of the things you appreciate is the wilderness. And you look at the, at the cities growing up there, encroaching into that wilderness and changing it, and it's, it's going to be gone at some point, gone forever. That's not the fault of people immigrating to the United States. But there is a level of population ultimately. The question of whether we intervene in that by blocking people who need to get into this country because they have no other options how we get them in, what kind of reasonable methods we, we do to encourage people to get in, and the, and also have room for people who come, not for logical reasons, just because they can't live anymore where they're living, because their lives are in danger, and their families are about to be destroyed, and they're fleeing. That's a whole different group. Shannon, you got some really well, important gotta, points there.
6: Yeah, there, yeah there's got to be a way the, of of helping to stabilize the, the Mexico. I mean, it's a beautiful country especially in the interior part in tosco and all that very european um i i just wish there was a way like we went to cancun we went to cancun uh for wedding and it was very it was it was like dangerous like the cartel like even in the touristy part of it where on the on the where the the ferry goes across to the isla de mujeres it's like The guy that was working, we ended up having like a two hour conversation with him. And he was like, I have to be careful. Like, watch, people are watching this restaurant right now. You know, it's like he can't, he's a musician and he can't, you know. We were like, Yeah, well, you need to have a community recording studio here. And he's like, Oh, they won't let us have that.
0: So Mexico is not so many steps away from being a narco state. And that's kind of a scary thing. Shannon, thanks for giving this call this morning. OK, no, Bye. no. the Interesting stuff, by the way. Thanks for contributing that. Mike, good yeah. morning. You're on U you talk. What you got to say? You're on the air.
2: Yeah. Hey, Steve,
7: uh, with, uh, a few callers back was talking about the uh, political origins of the immigration dilemma and, and uh, just, you know, I, I'm kind of on the conservative side politically, but I like to call out, you know, the Republican Party when, when it's uh, needed. And I do believe that there needs to be some uh, reform that allows a more orderly way for people to immigrate into the country. And uh, But you just need to look at the United States Chamber of Commerce. They are the number one advocate for more immigration, uh, essentially for jobs. And they've got a current campaign that's nationwide. It's called the Liberty Campaign. You can go to their website. And then you can go to uh, OpenSecrets.org and see what kind of contributions, uh, the political contributions, the U.S. Chamber of Commerce has been making over the last 10 years uh, or more. And recent, in recent years, recent election cycles, the chamber is anywhere between 80 percent and 100 uh, percent contributions to Republicans. Now, the Liberty Campaign is calling for expanded uh, visas uh, to uh, not only in uh, specified or hard to place jobs, what your previous caller was talking about. right? But to ex- expand uh, job opportunities for immigrants to a broader section of jobs and to uh, add more uh, immigrants to the roles of, uh, you know, the paperwork process that's going on now kind of haphazardly. Uh, at our various borders, including New York. You know, it's it's a border uh, state and a border city itself. Uh, I think it's the second or third largest intaker uh, of immigrants uh, in the United States, just New York is itself. So they yes. they, they are a major import themselves. So this Liberty campaign, Steve, they've got a letter that they've written to all of the Congress. It's, on, it's posted on that Liberty webpage. And all 50 states are represented on this letter. It's a one-page letter with about 10 additional pages that show all the chambers of commerce and business organizations by state.
0: Now, Mike, I'm going to stop you for a second. We're running out of time on something. But I want to ask you a question. Look, way, we're going to go to Rico in a second. Mike, um, if... So many voices of reason, business people, all sorts of people are saying, we need immigrants. we got to get them in the country. In fact, they're not just saying we need them. It's many people are saying our survival depends on getting a flow of immigrants coming to the United States and handling certain kinds of jobs. But also as our population ages, you know, we've, got to have, we've got to have new workers available. If that's the case, and many of these are people, many of these sources of voices saying, we need immigration, we need immigrants. Are making major donations to Republicans. Why are Republicans so vigorously opposing immigration on all levels? Nobody's been working hard to put, let's, let's put a whole new reasonable immigration policy in place. You don't hear that chorus coming from Republicans. What you do hear is it seems to me, fear mongering from some people, including maybe the governor including a lot of other people who, it seems, are just making immigration this work of the devil. And quite literally, therefore, Democrats must be workers working for the devil. Is this just people playing to people's fear? It seems to me that that's what's happening. It's people playing to other people's fear for for political advantage. Does it seem to you that it's that way? Is there some ingredient of that going on?
7: Yes, yeah. and I think that the uh, you know the uh, inner workings of the party, or let's say the, the the business caucus of the party, which I think Governor Abbott and most uh, people that are in elective office are are first to serve. Uh, you know, that's a placation and a playing of the general, uh, you know, Republican uh, electorate, but under that or behind that curtain or under that surface is the business need to uh, want to employ people to grow and profit from your business endeavors. And and so in much ways, uh, that caucus uh, wants laissez-faire. Hey, let's bring them in, and so I can pay them what I want to pay them, whether it's under the table or on top of the table. So just one, one answer to this, as as Governor Abbott sends you know immigrants to certain cities, I would take a look at that state by state list with that letter, right. and keep the keep the bus going. Send them to those those cities that have signed that letter because those are the chambers, those are the business organizations that are saying we need the workers. And Mike- so, Governor Abbott and Governor DeSantis essentially are are running a, an underground railroad to help settle. Oh,
0: Mike, I don't think that's their goal at all, but I got, that's an interesting, that's an interesting <laughs> conversation, but I would to add something. Uh, if, yeah, if we were talking, if we, what's what, happening, Steve. what you're saying, what you're saying would be perfectly in agreement with the chorus of what you heard from a lot of Republican leaders 20 years ago of somehow we, the Republican party, I'm not a Republican, but we the Republican party have got to become more friendly to immigrants more friendly to Latinos it's it's that isn't what's happened it's taken a whole different turn and that's not where the Republican Party is is uh is positioned right now Mike thanks for giving us a quick call Rico I want to go by the way my thanks by the way this morning for Jack Amanda Johnson is ill this morning Jack you've been standing in doing a great job this morning handling the incoming calls Rico you've been you've been really chomping at the bit in there to say something what's your input on this go ahead my friend this is our board up Rico and go ahead my friend
8: morning everyone uh a couple callers callers uh, kind of reminded me of a story I heard a couple of years back when I was still in college. Uh, and I had these friends, one was Colombian, the other was Pakistani, and they were telling me how they were doing a fundraising event for their coding club. And they told me that some people had walked by and made some racist remarks toward them about how they were taking our jobs, quote unquote. And they basically said, well, why don't you do it? Why don't you take the classes? Why don't you learn? And you can take these coding jobs, these web developer jobs. And that there aren't people who are doing it. And a lot of people aren't doing it. And if it was easy, or if everyone could do it, they would be doing it. And the other story was uh, basically, I knew someone who had an immigrant father who came down and and worked his way up in the hospitality uh, industry, and now he gets calls from all over the country to. Uh, begged begged this man to uh, to work for them and so you know i think a lot of times we think uh, some immigrants are you know mowing the the yards or uh, you know uh, constructing things but it goes way above that and uh, uh in every industry and so that's something to remember when we think about immigration policies okay thank you my friend
0: thanks for the input by the way berto you may remember that i said something to you one day a long time ago that uh, my uh, one of my college roommates was a Panamanian and another one of my college roommates was a Zonian. So we had interesting late night political conversations. That's somebody who lived in the in the Panama Canal Zone while well, it was still U.S., we thought, property, or at least acted like it was. Right. It was. Egberto, picking it up, my friend.
1: Yeah, it actually uh, you're right. Uh, the Canal Zone had its own government. We had a house in the Canal Zone and a house in the Republic, because, again, if you work for the Canal Zone at a certain level, you had to have a house in the Canal Zone. So my family particularly had one in a place called Sabanita, which was in the city. And I mean, in in Panama proper and then one in the zone that the government gives you when you live there, you know. But anyhow, um, I'm glad that Rico said what he said, because. Um first of all the, the theories that immigrants are these uh you know like like what Barry called us right the, the pretty much the scum of the earth or uh the degenerate <laughs> that that sort
0: of a thing yes I, I, that I, definitely I, describes I you it,
1: yeah I, I think it's comical because uh <laughs> as a land of immigrants uh the the immigrants that are coming over today are the ones that have done the least damage to this country proper and it's amazing that 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 Someone would have the nerve to say that. And I'm glad of the way that you handle uh, in an unbiased manner, the conversation that allows for uh, different points of view to come over
0: that, in effect, makes a silly point looks exactly how it needs. By the way, to. you're bigger, to, which you and I both grant, I think, because we've listened to Barry in the past and Barry oftentimes says sensitive. Powerful things. I think he also trolls us a little bit sometimes. I think sometimes Barry says things with his tongue stuck real strongly in his cheek, and say I'm going to say something really outrageous and see how it plays. And it's probably related to to how he feels. But the point is, sometimes he he almost sometimes when I see Barry's name coming up, I know he's going to say something that a lot of people feel (laughs) that I don't like that they feel, Mm -hmm. and he says something that other people are sometimes a little too careful. Or a little too afraid to say. Now let's let's move on for a second here. We're going to get back to reminding people again. Because we're in the final moments now. Basically the last, less than the last five minutes of you talk. So if you got something important to say. This is the moment to do it. John Garcia, I'm going to put you on the air. What's on your mind, my friend?
9: Good on- morning, Steve. Good morning, Egberto. Well, I just wanted to resonate with what the previous caller was saying about immigrants that uh, you guys can you know research it, the exact number, but I know that more than 50% of the new uh, small businesses are started by immigrants nowadays. So it is not only that we immigrants are, you know, in the backyard landscaping or construction. It's, I mean, the, there is people coming with every, every type of preparation and capacities. Would you repeat that so, statistic
0: for a minute? What percentage of new businesses, new small businesses are started by immigrants? You gave a number yeah, that
9: uh, over, over 50%, but I don't, I don't have in front of. No, me that's okay, that buddy. That's,
0: percent. I believe that's very possible. Keep, keep going, my friend. This is interesting. Keep going. Yeah.
9: And on the other side, you know, what, what's the cost of immigration? Now, many of us come here because we, we don't have any option in our countries and that's because many of those countries have been destroyed by different reasons, by, but not like drug dealing or, or, you know, very tyrannies or, you know, strong governments that take over and convert in in dictatorships. So I just want to point out that the role of the United States in in South America and Central America has not been only bad. You know, there's a stereotype that says that we are United States get involved in trying to, like, invade countries or something. You know, the most prosperous uh, stages in the life of Venezuela were when we were in good relationship with the U S companies and we develop an economy based okay. on, on cooperation. John, I'm going to stop you for a second investment. So it's not, it's not. I'm going to stop know, you know, for a second I, I, for a
0: reason, Bob, not because Bob. what you're saying is not useful. It really is. But because we're getting into the last minute and a half or so, I'm going to give one more person a chance to say something. Bob, okay. Okay. you've been very you patiently can. waiting and Bob, you're, you're on the air for a second. Okay. We can make sure we're on Bob. You're on, buddy. You got about one minute. Go ahead. Bob, are you there? You are not there. Let's go to Pamela. Pamela, good morning. You are on U talk. What you got to say? You got about one minute. Go ahead.
4: Good morning. I blame the GOP, the Republicans. Right. The DNC, the Democratic Party, the, the Congressmen, the Senators. Nobody has fought for a comprehensive immigration plan. And until that,
2: that happens, we have no business, including in New York, to be discussing or or throwing stones at other people.
0: Yep, we kind of invited chaos, and now we're we're using it. I think sometimes a lot of people are using the chaos, kind of like, "Wow, great! We got a great we got we got a great issue, another one to drive people apart with, get them all upset yeah, well, and angry
4: with each that, other." We know that Republicans don't care; they want the slaves out here working for them. But okay. the point being, the, dem- the Democrats haven't done anything either.
0: Pamela, thanks for speaking. anyway. Have thanks a for good speaking. Time. You too. Thanks for speaking. The truth as a matter of fact, not a bad place to end. As a matter of fact, on today's you talk, it's Monday morning. We'll be back tomorrow. Some things to related to the Houston Bennett school district. You're really going to like tomorrow's show. We'll see you then. That's it. I'm Steve Hunter. This is you talk reminder again, please go out, make a difference today with your life. Find somebody, do something magical for them, make their life better. You know, you can, if you're here on U talk, if you're listening to KPFT, I know where your heart is. So go do something great. Do something great for yourself today. We'll see you 23 hours from right now on 90.1 KPFT for tomorrow's Utah. That's it. I'm Steve Hunter. Bye.